Welcome to the Applying Awareness Podcast. I'm your host, Adam French. And if you haven't heard this show before, let me give you a little description of what it's about. So in the Applying Awareness Podcast, I delve into the causes and effects that shape our internal state as well as the state of society. Then apply that knowledge or awareness of the causes and effects to drive positive action. So I do this by diving into many different realms of psychology, nutrition, agriculture, spirituality, politics, entrepreneurship, industry, and probably a few more on the way. My main goal in starting this podcast was to capture my learning journey across these many realms of interest and to go a step further to turn awareness into actionable steps to create positive change within oneself and society. I just want to help people. So I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. In this episode, I am speaking to Sharon Hess. Sharon is one of the most practical but intuitive um, wisdom seekers and wisdom spreaders that I have ever talked to. Uh, she, she has so much insight uh, about how to make your life better through connecting with a spiritual power and a, a power bigger than you have in your physical um, manifestation. And Sharon just shares so many amazing tips about how persistence comes from the soul and how you can use your failures um, through persistence to only lead to improvement instead of that self-doubt and using failures the right way, detaching from the things that cause suffering and unnecessary worrying and anxiety instead of improvement and how that detachment really comes from a connection to a higher power. So you detach from the current physical by connecting to this higher power. And Sharon explains it better than I ever could. Um, so uh, let's get started. All right, I am here with Sharon Hess. Uh, Sharon is a spiritual scout, uh, connector to clairvoyance, and a grand instrument of intuition. And she's been guiding people down the path of spiritual alignment and discovery since roughly 1992 when uh, she did her first course. And now she works as a spiritual and business coach, empowering the efforts of so many people and helping them to discover the power of their true purpose. So uh, thanks so much for being on the show. I hope that intro was accurate. I was just thinking, oh my God, I need to let you write my copy for me. <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. I uh, I enjoy alliteration. I don't know why. So I, I wanted to start it off uh, with like, I read that um, after you did that first course in 1992, like you were like, wow, this is, you know, this is what I meant to do. And, and what, what kind of stimulated that feeling? Okay. Well, it was actually um, a book called A Course in Miracles. And A Course in okay. Miracles is uh, scribed material. 
which I always find it interesting. I just have to always throw this in when I think about it. So it's supposedly the book is is the words of the historic Jesus. And the way that it came to be, and it's it's a just a brief little story, but there were two professors at Columbia University in psychology, Helen Shuckman and Bill Thetford, and they were always arguing. And one day one of them said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And the other one said, you know, I agree. And if there is, I'll help you find it. And shortly after that, Helen started hearing what she called a small, still voice. And uh, it said, this is A Course in Miracles. Please take notes. So she went to Bill and she said, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know exactly what she said, but basically it was like, you know, I keep hearing this voice in my head and I think I might be going nuts. You know, she was a psychology professor, right? Um, So he said, well, take notes. And if it's worth anything, we'll do something with it. And if it's not, we'll just throw it in the garbage. Um, And that started a process that took her seven years to scribe the material. And I, Hmm. When I was, t- so I, I, when I opened the book, it was like, I knew the stuff in that book. And I was like, okay, um, I didn't know other people huh. thought like this, right? <laughs> yeah, you were hearing the same voice in your head. So much, I actually ended up facilitating a class and, and teaching it. Okay. Uh, I say facilitating because you really, it's kind of like, it's not a religion, um, but it's very, it's written in a very Shakespearean style. And the mm. reason it's written like that is so that you really dig in and um, challenge your thought systems. And it's, mm. you know, it's all spiritual um, psychotherapy. All healing is through the mind. And, um, and yeah, so that was the beginning of my spiritual path. And like I said, I ended up actually facilitating a class. Wow. That's really cool. That, that story of the uh, psychologist who thought she was going crazy. Exactly. I think she was a psychologist. I don't remember. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty in back in the seventies is when it was really, really popular, but I find it Mm. continues to like resurface and um, it's pretty, it's pretty profound material, uh, spiritual teaching. And pretty much everything I do is based on, you know, the thoughts within that book. I don't know why he called it A Course in Miracles. I, you know, at the beginning, there are 365 lessons in the back of the book, and you can do one every day. Huh, I like that. Um, but most people don't because a, a lesson will challenge you, and so you'll work on it for a while. Uh, but then mm, there's a whole yeah. explanation, and there's what it would call the manual for teachers and, you know. So you study it your whole life, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And you you recently came out with a book yourself. Do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about okay, that? And I happen to have one on my desk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's spiritual see. spies. Okay, so I had this. I started compiling this. I think it was in 20, it's either 2012 or 2013. And my older mm. brother, um, was a technical writer. He was a computer programmer, became a technical writer. And he actually edited this book and helped compile it. And what it is, is it's, there's 29 categories or chapters. And there are things like, there's things like choice, ego or spirit, change, letting go of fear, you know, those types Mm. of things. And in the beginning, the front of the book, there's a prayer that you say, and then you can either just open the book uh, randomly or you can like say you're working on your inner peace. And then mm-hmm. when you 
open the book, it's got little sayings. Um, mm. So like one on peace, um, the one that my eyes fall on is, you want to learn how to connect with peace no matter what is going on around you. You don't learn this by avoiding turmoil, but rather mm. by seeing it as temporary and bringing your peace with you. Wow. So then you take that little whatever you came up with for yourself and you can either journal about it, meditate on it, make it your mantra for the week, um, you know, ponder it, whatever, you, you know, it's no yeah. right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's so cool. Just a bunch of different sayings that the reader can take and implement into their own life, uh, however they see fit. I think that's a very powerful way to go about it. Thank you. It. And then my brother who edited it uh, passed away. Um, I actually, I'm laughing, but it's kind of like, I, you know, I teach all of my students, you know, you're worthy, your stuff is good. There's somebody out there that mm -hmm. it's for, it wouldn't have come to you if it wasn't for somebody. But I didn't think in my little brain, it was like, oh, that's nothing. You know, this is just stuff I know. And I, you know, write about on Facebook and whatnot. Um, so I never really did do anything with it. Well, my brother mm -hmm. was uh, dying from esophageal cancer. And it, it was it was the most beautiful passing ever. I mean, I hope when I go out, I go out this way. Um, yeah. And he was very at peace with it. And that was his spiritual studies his whole life. He was 70 when he was diagnosed, 71 when he passed. Um, but I thought just I was sitting here one day and I had this inspiration. I was like, you really need to to at least put the book on Amazon, even if you never do anything with it and let Ronnie see the book. So I went on. Fiber. I don't know if you know about fiber.com, but yes, I, I use it. I use it. I have, you know, people all over the world that I use and I love it. Uh, and I have found this picture is Antelope Canyon, which is here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I actually went to Antelope Canyon for my birthday last year. So wow. I saw this picture. I was like, that's perfect. I'm going to use that picture. And it was like, I had all of the, the testimonials on the back. I had sent to people to read the book and they had told me what they thought. And uh, so I had everything sitting there. Right. And it just, yeah. you know, timing is everything. So the timing mm. was perfect. Um, it just, it was like dominoes falling. It all happened. I sent a proof copy to him. Um, he had gone to um, a service on Sunday and right after that, he had trouble swallowing, went into the hospital. Long story short, he did get to see the book, the proof copy. He got to hold it. And his pastor who was with him when he died actually read to him from the book as he was he was passing. That is beautiful. Yeah. And so I released it when I did his celebration of life and it was number one in its category for two days on Amazon. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I learned so many things along the way um, from this and because of this. And there's so many deep, deep lessons that I can share with people now, like the <clears throat> the whole thing about not thinking it's good enough and holding on to it, not doing anything with it. It took my brother dying for me to put it out into the world, which yeah. <laughs> sounds kind of funny. And, uh, but yeah, we were okay talking about death. And, and that's another thing I think I can help people understand that um, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be turmoil. All of us are headed there, you know, whether we like it or yeah. not. <laughs> and his passing was so beautiful. Both people that were with him, uh, when he died, told me that the room filled with light and there were mm. swirling colors above his body as his soul left. And that you could just wow. feel the presence of God in the room and you knew he was not alone. 
Um, it was, That's incredible. I mean, it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I, yeah. like I said, I, I hope that, you know, when I go, it's something beautiful like that. So. Yeah. I, I, I bet it will be, I bet it will be, uh, knowing you and your impact on this world. Yeah. Um, it's just working absolutely. on yourself, but what it is, you know what it is, Adam, um, we all fear looking at our own shit. That's <laughs> just to put it simple. Right. Uh, because we yeah. think if we look at it, it will consume us when that's not the truth. If we look at it, that's how we can heal it and let it go mm. and move forward without it. Absolutely. I think, I mean, I think uh, to that point, if you don't look at it and you keep avoiding it, then it will consume, it will you. consume <laughs> you. Yeah, it will consume you. But um, if you pay attention to it, I think, uh, you know, anything you're dealing with, with, and it usually comes from, you know, attachment, and not letting go to, to certain things that may be unhealthy. Right. Uh, I think all of that, once we look at it and really, and really, um, understand what we're dealing with, we realize we have power over it. And that, that's the big, that's the big thing to understand there. Um, right. We're, we're but, in control. We're in control of our reactions to anything and everything. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I did a, a little uh, four-part class um, a year ago, and I, I called it maneuvering through chaos. And mm. the whole thing is, you're going to have what you perceive as chaos in your life, and in your business, and in your world. But if you learn how to redefine that and look at the gift that it's actually giving you, or the understanding that it's helping you see. Um, you know, there's, that's what you want to do in life. You don't have to jump in the, in that muck and mire unless, you know, if you choose to, it's okay. Absolutely. And that leads into a question that I wanted to ask. And and that's like, how, how, uh, for people who don't understand the power of being connected with your spirituality, whatever that means to you, right. right. Um, for people who don't understand that and think it's not worth much, um, could you like talk about the advantages of being connected to something bigger than yourself and a spiritual, uh, awareness? Oh, absolutely. Um, and thank you. That's a really good question because as you were saying that I thought about it, you know, years ago when I was a uh, much younger woman. I uh, mm-hmm. I used to think, oh, people who, you know, like get into all that stuff, they're just, they're weak and they need something to believe in and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. but, but it was, it was just the opposite of that. And that was my own fear of not wanting to look at the truth. Now, um, mm-hmm. and I'll use course terminology here because I love the way it, it's said in, in A Course in Miracles. Um, yeah. So for me, God is just total unconditional love energy that extended mm. itself and created all that is, you know, and we're a part yeah. of all that is. Um, but in a tiny mad instant, we took ourselves seriously. That's what I love in the course terminology. <laughs> and we thought that we separated from our creator. And so in that moment, when we thought that we separated from that which created us, whatever that is for you, you know, you could think universe, the force, the higher power, divine, whatever it is for you, okay? So when we thought that we separated from that which created us, we created what's called the dual thought system, which means we have our um, ego mind, which thinks we're not connected to anyone or anything, and this is it, right? And then we Mm -hmm. have our um, 
spirit mind, uh, God self. I call it divine self because I like people to know that it's you. It is a part of yeah. it is your divine self. So um, because we think that we're separate and we have that belief somewhere inside of us, then that's where we operate from. And of course, in miracles, by the way, the miracles, when you catch yourself in that separate, small, tiny little ego mind and you shift back over into your divine, uh, loving, uh, I am connected to everything that is self. And, you know, that's when stuff works. Because we yeah. stop, like you said, we stop being invested in the outcome. We stop thinking that we have to, um, that things have to work out this way or I'm not going to be happy. Well, it depends on another person. You can't control other people. The only one you can control is yourself. So connecting to your spirituality and connecting to your spiritual self is actually honoring all three parts of you, mind, body, soul. Okay. And of course, the soul is the part of us that's eternal. That in my belief is that you have has been here many times, will be here many more times. And that the reason we come here is to expand and grow and have wonderful, beautiful experiences. And because when we're in spirit, we can't eat chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is a travesty. You yeah. know, not being able so to that's why we become embodied. So we can eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And enjoy the enjoy the fruits of the material world. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. So when we can when we can understand this and we can understand that about ourselves, um, then we can stay at peace. When we see chaos around us, we realize that it's just a perception of chaos. You know, right or wrong is a matter of perception because two people can have opposing opinions and both be right. And people don't understand that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but you know, what's right for you is not necessarily right for me and vice versa. Yeah. We, I mean, that's like one place that everyone sees that in such a stark way is, is politics. You know, I see two people like swearing that the other one's a demon. Right. Um, and you know, they're like, Oh, all you talk about is hate. And then they proceed to call them a bunch of names and show hate to the person that they hate for showing hate you know exactly, and, right. and it's it, it's a it's a you know it's a fun exercise in viewing what happens when people are stuck in the ego right and they're not they're not uh, aware of the connectedness between what they're saying is literally a, a mirror to what the other person is saying and exactly. they're saying the same things um but uh, that's that's really cool. And and to go off of that, um, I wanted to ask you about if you have any stories in particular of someone's life who you transformed, whether it's your own or someone else's, um, a client's, how their life has been transformed from not having that spiritual connection or having that feeling of disconnection and transitioning into a place of um, being aware of that connection and cultivating it. Okay, so thank you. For that, but I will say that and when you were saying it, I have this thing about I don't like to take credit for anything that my clients do. Um, I think too many, and I know if you do it in marketing, you know, you have to say, Oh, well, my client did this, my client did that. But I'm just the guide, you know. I'm just the, yeah. my friend Lori, and and I was gonna ask her if it was okay to use this. I'm sure she's okay with it. What she tells her clients is that, you know, I'm like the bumper guards in bowling. 
right? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, what a great way to put it. You know, it's like you have to throw the ball down the lane and you have to get your strike or your, you know, whatever. But I'm just the bumper guards to keep you from going all the way in the gutter, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think one of, actually, she became a, a friend of mine. I had a client who, um, it, it's amazing when, it, when you first start working with someone, you never know exactly where it's, how it's going to unfold. I don't do any cookie cutter anything. Uh, I can't. Yeah. The work that I do, I can't because it's soul Absolutely. to soul, right? And I mm -hmm. never know what, you know, the universe has in mind to use me to help guide. Okay. Um, yeah. But she struggled. I would say for, at the very beginning, I had told her, <clears throat> you'll make your money from writing. And I saw something in her as far as doing it. Anyway, it was like, um, and she's a journalist now. She writes for a newspaper. Uh, but, but along the way, there were like so many little, just little hurdles that she had to get over. Um, but now her life is just totally transformed. It's absolutely amazing. She wakes up happy every day and looks forward to life. And to me, you know, that's what life should be all about. It's just being happy. Um, the way that that happened, because I want to make sure that I do answer your, your question, to give a good story about the way that that happened was, um, I'm trying to think of how far back to go. Um, mm -hmm. It was basically, um, she kept trying different things and some things worked and some things did different. And I don't know if you if you know Abraham Hicks, Esther. Okay. Well, Abraham is a channeled entity and Esther's real famous. She wrote um, a, a ton of books on the law of attraction. Okay. Mm, so, okay. Um, so basically what, what you want to understand is that you have to have contrast. And if you don't have mm -hmm. contrast, then you don't know what really makes you feel good and what really doesn't. It's like I always say, if we didn't have sunshine, we wouldn't appreciate the rain, right? Yeah. And we wouldn't know, you know, that there's something better. So a lot of times we try things in our life and in our business that doesn't work. And we take it personally Meaning, you know, we take it like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not any good. I shouldn't be doing this. You know, who the hell am I? And we just throw it away where instead, if we would look at the lesson it showed us or the experience that we gained from it, um, which is what she did all the way along the way, she would do that. And if something failed, but, but it's, it's kind of funny because I'm telling the story and thinking. And all the while, there was this little writing thing. Like it kept coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving until finally it's stuck. So mm. it is a lot about just being persistent and continuing move, continuing to move forward, whether you see that it's working or not, it is serving a purpose. I, my belief is that every single thing in our life serves a purpose for us. Absolutely. And I think um, I kind of had a realization while you were telling that story, when you brought in persistence, I think it is that spiritual alignment and that connection 
to something bigger than ourselves that allows us to be persistent through failure. Because once you're not, you know, once you're able to take a figurative step back into uh, your divine self, as you were talking about earlier, um, the failures are just lessons instead of, you know, you're not, you're not down there in the failure. You're seeing it and saying, okay, what is this gap between reality and right. where I want to be? How can I make that gap? Up? And I think persistence comes from your soul. I really do. I mm. think there's a part of you, if you allow yourself, the more you allow yourself to feel and understand the part of you that's connected to greater than you, um, then it, it, it is going to keep you, it's going to give you little nudges and little urges. It's like the word mm. desire. You know, we always have desires. And it's funny because yeah. I thought it was, it was an Abraham tape one, tape one day and Abraham said something about desire and whatever she was talking about. I thought, oh my God, I get it. Okay. We create mm. a desire, right? We're going to come up with a new one. We're never going to live not being in desire. Yeah. Right. But there's something in our brain that we were taught from the time we were young. It's not good to want things. Right. Because if you're in desire and you want something you don't have, then you're looking at the fact that you lack it. Well, that's not true. OK, you mm. desire it because it's what you're moving toward next. And if you look at the word desire, I think it actually means uh, in Latin uh, from the heavens, which to me would mean from God. So your desires come from God. And the reason you have the desires is because you want to create it. You want to go there. Mm. Interesting. I think there are a lot of um, a lot of religions that would disagree uh, with with that, you know. And that that it's funny because I like I, th I think of you know American culture and where we get our attitudes, and some of them come from you know the Puritan the Puritan uh, religion and and culture, and that there was a lot of repression of of desires there. And so well, that, I, you know, that's, that's interesting, interesting because I, I never thought about that. But religion is is about um, giving you structure, okay, and mm -hmm. and giving you a way of understanding uh, what that particular religion thinks you should be. I'm not knocking any religions. I honor and love all people in all religions, okay. Mm -hmm. But you can take things and twist them and turn them in many different ways, okay. And I think the whole thing about desire from the religious standpoint may be that if you covet something more than you do yourself and your fellow man, that's not a good thing. And, and I understand mm. that. It's not yeah. a good thing. But, you know, when you die, look, there's no U-Haul truck behind the hearse. Right? <laughs> you don't take any of this yeah. shit with you, right? But yeah. What you do take with you is the energy that you created, which comes from how you lived your life. And I think yeah. someone who's, um, I think, you know, what's popping in my head, Adam, is that like there are some people that have a certain upbringing. They come into the world in a, in a certain situation, which there again, my belief is that the soul chooses to come into what's most vibrationally like what it wants to experience, right? But I, I think there are some situations where um, a person may need that religious structure, okay? But then it's our responsibility to take that and um, 
put it in the right perspective. Mm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I I haven't thought about it that way before. Yeah. Um, and you got into an interesting uh, point where you said, you know, the soul wants to enter uh, this life in, in a place where it's, it's most conducive, um, to, to learning and advancement. Um, and that, that makes me want to ask you about, you know, the soul history practice that you do, because you did it for me. And it was, it was a really cool experience, you know, hearing this story of, um, a past life of mine and, and figuring out what lessons I can take from that. Um, can you, can you talk a little bit about, uh, what that is, you know, a soul history reading and, and kind of how you go about it. Okay, so it I, I work in what's called the Akashic Records, which is just a um, field of consciousness, which contains mm. um, the energy of all that ever was. And I think mm. all that ever will be, not sure about that, because I, I think with our free will, <laughs> sometimes the way we react could change things, right? So when when I when I work, when I do it for a client, I, I have Akashic Record guides and I go into the field and I say, okay, show me the story that um, will show me the energy that the person is dealing with at this moment, right? Mm. So it's not necessarily that you're recreating that story, but you have to look at the dynamics around the energetics of what's going on. And then that will help you um, connect it to something in your here now, time, space, reality, to where you can say, okay, so this makes sense now, uh, why I'm doing this particular thing that I thought, where did that come from, right? Because I mean, I have stuff hit me out of the blue and I'm like, that's not me, where is that coming from, right? Um, But I think because everything's energy that we do have, you know, energy comes and goes and flows from everything that we've ever been, we just don't remember it when we come into into this reality because if we did then it would um taint what we have to learn you know yeah, sometimes it would provide expectations something yeah and our soul comes up with a better way to do it you know if we don't mm. get it if you don't get something don't worry you'll get another chance <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know it just it just works intuitively for me you know uh, reincarnation is isn't something that a lot of people it's not like a mainstream belief i think it's moving towards that place but uh for me it just makes sense because it it perfectly aligns with the law of thermodynamics right that says you know energy doesn't leave the this reality you know it's simply repurposed you know um, it, it it fits with what scientists have been uh, discovering. So so for people to say, oh, that's you know wishy washy bullcrap with no evidence. Yeah, I, it's, yeah it, it's not. Is there no evidence? It's just, you know, I I don't know. I think certain people have certain gifts, and that's one of my gifts was to go there. The only reason I studied it and, and did it, uh, the Akashic Records, was I did a reading for myself. And the woman said, you go in the records all the time. You just don't know that's what you're doing. And so I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've got to find out what that's all about. Uh, I didn't really yeah. learn a lot, except it was, you know, my intuitive instinct and to go there and do that. Um, but but a story to me is, it's it's not for, for the thing, oh, that's really cool. I was, you know, this or that in a past life. It's really to take it and kind of dissect it in a sense to help you understand more about you. 
Absolutely. Right. Because the more you understand about you, um, the more you will be in control of you. Mm. And that, you know, that mirrors what what we are seeing with this current trend of storytelling in in, you know, through social media and and influencers and whatnot. Because when when you see someone's story uh, that resonates with you and you see a little bit of yourself in that story and it's an inspiring one and an empowering story where someone went from, you know, zero to zero to, uh, you know, being on top of the world. Uh, and you see yourself in that, that's a powerful way to uplift and inspire people. And it's similarly, the way you do it is it's simply taking their previous story um, that that has lessons to teach them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, um, it's just a more personable way, uh, personalizable way to, to provide that inspiration and empowerment and opportunities for lessons. So that's why, that's why I think um, the, the soul history practices, you know, very, uh, interesting. I say soul history instead of past life because it makes it less occultish, if it, that makes any sense. You know, like you say past life and people think, I don't know, just it, it, it puts something different in your brain that you say soul history, you know, your soul has a history. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, past life and reincarnated and it's like we, we put so many um, dark negative things attached to stuff like that. Um, and I did want to mention when you said about believing in reincarnation, um, I think one of the first exposures I ever had to it was I read a book. It was uh, something about, it was Audrey Rose. And it was about a little girl who was like reincarnated of another little girl who died in a fire. Um, and I was just fascinated by it. So um, I started paying attention and there's a lot of things, like if you meet a person and you've never met them before. You don't know anything about them, but you just feel like this real connection, right? Yeah. Well, you might have met them in a past life. That's what you know. In my brain, I was thinking, well, that would make sense, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, when, yeah, when you meet someone and and you're just aligned. Yeah, and that's an energy thing. That's an energetic thing. That is, you know, we talk a lot about you know chemistry and those type of things. And I think a lot of that comes from, uh, well, it could be one of two things when I was saying it and got this thought. Okay. So one thing would be that you have been connected with that person before, or the other thing could be is that person is energetically aligned perfectly with energetic, perfectly what they need to learn or want to learn or experience and what you need to learn or want to learn and experience. So you connect it for that reason. How Mm. cool is that? And that's why yeah, and that that's why uh polarity is so important in in the best relationships, you know, because if you have the exact same interests and and energies, um they're not going to be conducive to fulfilling one another, right? Exactly. So, you know, I need to have get that be? What's How that? boring would that be? Yeah, just everyone agreeing all the time. Yeah, we're and, all and, the uh, same, kind of, you know. How boring would that be? We don't want to all Absolutely. be the same. You know, that's why it's surprising, <laughs> like, you, like you were saying about like politicians and they, well, you have to think the way I think and I have to, why? You know, yeah. we all want different stuff. We all came to experience different things. So, yeah. That's very true. Being comfortable with those differences. So um, just to kind of wrap it up here and, and end with an action point for everybody who's listening. Okay. Um, what if if you're if you're like listening to this conversation right now 
and you're like not um, not quite tapped into the spiritual awareness, but you want to get there, you know, you want to get to the point. Uh, I mean, I'm there, you know, I want to get to the point where I can, I can have that persistence and be aligned with my divine self. How, what are some steps that you can take just to start out to, to start to cultivate that awareness? Okay. So the very first thing you have to understand is you have to become your own detective. Okay. You mm. have to be the one to um, be open. As soon as you're open, the universe will start bringing things your way. Um, it's even it's mm. funny because I thought about, you know, the Napoleon Hills, Think and Grow Rich. You read Think and Grow Rich? Yeah. Okay. So in that, when, you I, about, when your riches it. come, they come so fast and furious, you wonder where they were to begin with. It's the same thing with your spiritual gifts and your spiritual gold and your spiritual whatever. As soon as you're open to it and you start allowing it to come through and to come in, one of the, one of the biggest ways is pay attention to how you feel feel good and you feel loving about it and it makes you smile and it makes you feel good about yourself that's being connected to your divine self if you feel mm. crappy and you feel bleh, you know like um that's probably not yeah. so your feelings are really a, a good guidance system for you but that doesn't mean you do have to step outside of your comfort zone okay so there's kind of like this Absolutely. you know it's all about balance right and like you said about polarity so it's like, yes, I want to feel good, but I still have to do some things outside of, you know, my comfort and what I normally feel good doing. So, um, okay, so let me think of the best action step to give anyone would be um, okay, first of all, like start paying attention to what you're paying attention to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds okay. kind of trite. But it's really not that easy. If you start paying attention to what you're paying attention to, that's going to give you a good idea of what direction you need to go. Um, yeah. Your desires, exactly. as you were saying. Exactly. Our desires are pointing us you know, in the direction. If you pay attention, this is my favorite story. I love, and whenever I do workshops, I love telling the story. It's the, um, uh, it's an from an indigenous culture culture who knows where it originally originated but it's about the two-headed wolf <clears throat> there's mm. a, a grandfather and a grandson are talking and the grandfather says there's a two-headed wolf inside all of us one is always speaking to us about um the good within us and the positive things i.e your divine self and the other is always mm. speaking to you, us about you know why it's not any good why you're no good why you can't do it why you know all the negative stuff and so the grandson said which one wins and the grandfather says, the one you feed. Mm, so I take it I a step that. further and I will say, not only do you grow the one that, you, that you're that you feeding, if you're feeding the, the part of you, the stuff that you don't want in your life, then you're ignoring the things that you do want. And your focus yeah. cannot be split. Your focus has to be on what you do want in your life. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, and there there are a few ways where like it's not it's not you don't just like go up in your head and to you don't need to like go up in your head and and even look within to start if you're not comfortable with that right to to pay attention to what you're paying attention to you can literally look like just look at your like social media feeds right and see what is there and see what you're paying attention to 
online on a day-to-day basis. And that can be a good mirror. Like I've done that, you know, I always like uh, uh, when people pull up their YouTube, I always like kind of dissect what their recommended videos are because these algorithms are very finely tuned into showing us what we want to pay attention to, right? So if you look at, you know, if you look at all the stuff you're consuming on social media, it can be a good way to see a reflection of, of what you're paying attention to. And then from there, you can look with Exactly. Exactly. You know, there's I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tad older than you. And there was always a saying when I was young that, you know, you are the culmination of the five people closest to you. Uh, and I'm sure that's true today. So if you'll if you'll look at okay the pe- five people closest to you, like what are their values, what are their beliefs, um, and what fits with you and what doesn't. That's how you can pay attention to what you're paying attention to, right? Yeah. Because a lot of times we just conform <clears throat> because that's what we're taught to do. Yeah, uh, that's a really cool. Uh, it's a really cool, uh, good tip. You know, like look at your friends and and really try to think objectively about what they value and does that really align with what you value and what does that say about your friendship because you know uh letting go of of some of those friendships that are dragging us down and feeding into feeding the wrong wolf uh those are some of the hardest things to let go of but they can lead to the most um astronomical progress the great thing is you're the one in control I own the real estate up here. I own the real estate here. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I think that's a great, uh, great thing to end on. You know, you are in control. So uh, thank you so much, Sharon, for taking this time to speak with me and share your immense wisdom. Um, I really hope that everybody listening um, really absorbed a lot of that because I I definitely learned a lot. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That wraps it up for this episode of the Applying Awareness Podcast. I hope you're leaving more aware than when the episode started. If that episode tickled your awareness senses or made you happy, more informed, or just more empowered to succeed in your day-to-day life, I would appreciate that if you pass that on as a review in iTunes and let me know how I'm doing. If you hate it, let me know so I can change the content to make it to be something that brings value to you because that's what it's about. It's about bringing value to you guys. So let me know in an iTunes review or just in an email to adam at applyingawareness.com on how I'm doing, what you'd like to hear, and what you don't like hearing currently. And if you want to connect with me on social media where I post uh, just content that I think will be helpful to people that I find interesting in my day-to-day journey through this wonderful thing called life, uh, search up Adam French on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash in slash Adam dash French. The link's going to be in the description. Y'all ain't got to remember that. But you can also search up Applying Awareness on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and you'll get taken right to my page. You can also check out my website that I'm making at applyingawareness.com. So there are a lot of places to get in touch with me. So don't hesitate because I want to hear from you guys. Like I'm doing this for you. I'm not doing this for me. So let me know. And feel free to throw an iTunes review or review wherever 
you're listening to this podcast if you enjoyed the episode. So this next episode is going to be the last one of this first season. Um, so I'm trying to upgrade the content I'm producing for you guys. And sadly, given all of the other things that I enjoy, enjoy doing in life, um, I won't be able to produce episodes while curating a higher level of content. So um, I'm going to have to take a break for this next month or two. I will definitely keep posting on social. I'll keep you guys updated with what's going on on my end. And I still want to interact with everyone um, through whatever social media channels or however uh, you get my content um, outside of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to keep posting there. So stay tuned for that. But next episode is going to be about breath and why it's so amazing how it's helped me in my life how it can help you in your life some practical techniques um, and the science behind the breath and what it does to slow down your body slow down your mind and get you into a place to make better decisions and produce better work or produce better outcomes for yourself and the people around you breath is one of the most powerful tools we have in our arsenal so i'm going to be breaking it down and how you can make your life better with it so i'll see you next time